welcome to episode nine. Hello, hello. <laughs> so this is Brendan. He is my 26-year-old brother, my oldest brother. He is a nerd. Yes. Uh, he likes Lord of the Rings, mm. Game of Thrones. <laughs> he does the best Smeagol impression. Oh, no. You would bring this out, wouldn't you? Please. Because now you're forcing me to do it. Please. Fine, fine. It'll just save time, I suppose. All right. You guys. Oh, God. It's so good. This is my, this is my Smeagol impression. Lumbar pearl. It's nice and cool. So juicy. Sweet. So fish. A juicy fish. So nice and sweet. would you like the world to know about you i'm 26 i love life and uh he's a happy guy i'm a happy guy he came to visit me in montana yeah when a few no months one ago. else would well, uh, i guess he did what he i mean i was i had the og idea yeah this is true All right. uh well yeah introduce your poem and what we're drinking tonight we will be enjoying four roses small batch select Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And whilst enjoying that fine drink, I might say, or at least I'll be enjoying it. And you I'll be, be making faces every time I take a sip of my watered-down version. Yes. And whilst I will be enjoying that drink, I will be reciting for you The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. I'm going to try it. You're going <laughs> to try it for the first time? Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, um... I'll have to get used to that. Yeah. It, it gets better the deeper into the bottle you get. Mmm. Because you get more used to it, or... Yeah. Oh. So, for a very long time, um, since early high school, I very much enjoyed Edgar Allan Poe's poetry. Um, this started with, funnily enough, the Simpsons version of The Raven. I saw that on a Treehouse of Horror, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Then I listened to Christopher Lee, the, he's Saruman in Lord oh. of the Rings. He has an awesome reciting of The Raven on YouTube. Oh, you guys have similar voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. He, <laughs> he, has, he hits pronunciation so much better than I can. Mm-hmm. And I've certainly taken some inspiration from his version of it. Interesting. But, I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, and, and it has like production value too. There's like music and some scores to it. Mm, but, that's cool. So I heard that, and then I was like, "Wow, this! I have to do this for my school project." <laughs> um, and so I had to memorize a little bit of it, but it was too long to really have to memorize the whole thing in high school. And I dropped it after a while because you know you you're 18 or 16 or whatever, and you're not super worried about it. It's not your priority. Yeah, I don't need to memorize <laughs> the 13 or 14 paragraphs of a poem at that age. Well, I just found out that Brendan learned this. He's been working on memorizing this for the last few months, and he just surprised me and my mom and my brother on Christmas, and he re- he memorized the entire thing and recited it and even acted out a little scene 
And I was super excited and wanted him on the podcast because he also has a radio voice. Yeah. Which everyone tells him. Yeah, that's, that's certainly the truth. I think it was like 10 minutes after we're done, like, oh, you have to do this for my podcast. I'm like, okay. I think it was like 10 seconds after that, you're that done. That might be true. I was giving you a little bit of a, a room there. So, yeah. Um... You can start anytime. <laughs> okay. So, everyone just realize he is not reading anything off while he's yep. doing this. It is not, and it's not perfect. But um, it's, I'm very much enjoying, even now, getting better at memorizing it. But And I'm going to be sitting here in my face mask, <laughs> drinking my whiskey. Mm, another drink before the recitation. Mm. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volumes of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor," I muttered, rapping at my chamber door, only this and nothing more. Uh, distinctly, I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow. Vainly I sought to borrow from my books surcease of sorrow. Sorrow for the lost Lenore. For the rare and radiant maiden whom angels named Lenore. Nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustle of each purple curtain thrilled me. Filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood there repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. Some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. Merely this and nothing more. Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. Sir, said I, or oh, madam, truly your forgiveness I implore. For the fact is I was napping when so... Faintly you came tapping, and so gently you came rapping, rapping at my chamber door, that scarce was sure I heard you. Here, I open wide the door. Darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared dream before. But the darkness was unbroken and the stillness gave no token, and the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore. This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning, soon again I heard the tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see, then, what there at is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven from the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he. But of mean a lord or lady perched above my chamber door, perched and sat, 
and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the continents he wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's Plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, Nevermore. Much I marveled at this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though little meaning, little relevancy it bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being e'er was blessed with bird or beast above his chamber door. Bird or beast upon a bust of palace just above his chamber door, with such a name as Nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on this palace bust, spoke only that one word, as if in that one word his soul did outpour. Nothing further than he muttered, not a feather then he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow will he leave me, as my hopes have flown before? Then the bird said, nevermore. Startled at the silence broken by reply so aptly spoken, Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store, Caught from some unhappy master, Whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster, Till his song that one burden bore, Till the hopes of his melancholy burden that one burden bore, Of never, nevermore. But the raven, still beguiling all my sad fancy into smiling, Straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ghastly gaunt and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore. This and more I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing to the fiery-eyed fowl whose vision now burned to my bosom's core. Then upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy what this ominous bird of yore. Then methought the air grew denser, perfumed by an unseen censer swung by seraphim, whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wrench, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, by the angels he hath sent thee. Respite, respite, and nepent thee from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, O oh, quaff this kind nepenth, and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, think of evil. Prophet still, if bird or devil. Whether tempest sent, or tempest tossed thee here ashore, Desolate yet all undaunted, on this home by horror haunted, by de this desert land enchanted, tell me truly, I implore, is there, is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore. Tell the soul with sorrow laden, if within the 
distant Aden, he shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels named Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels named Lenore, quoth the raven. Nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked up starting. Get thee back into night, Plutonian shore. Leave no dark plume as token of the lie thy soul has spoken. Leave thy my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out thy heart, and thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. But the raven, never flitting, still a-sitting, still a-sitting, on a pallid bust of palace just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor, and from that shadow that lies floating on the floor, my soul shall be lifted forevermore. Wow. Yeah. He's single, ladies. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> How long did uh, it take you to learn that? I started right before October. Still, like, it's still so difficult. Like, getting caught up in the repetition of the poem. Mm hmm. Ugh, but. And you talked about how it's easier to do it when you're just sitting here rather than when you're kind of sitting in a chair doing the performance. Right. I think it's. It, I think if I were to do a perfect performance, it would be a recording while I'm driving. Because that's. I. Because for every day, you know, two times a week after work. Or I should say two times a week, not every day, but every time, two times a week when I'm driving home from work, mm -hmm. I would practice it. And my mm -hmm. commute used to be exactly 15 minutes, and it would take me 15 minutes to do the recitation. Do you think you would, for how soon do you think you'd forget it if you didn't practice? Um, well, it's not that I would, for I don't think I could forget it. Oh, I just really? wouldn't be able to recite it anymore. Yeah. You know, like, there there's a few instances where like then this ebony bird beguiling and then there's two different things that are said mm -hmm. and then there's the prophet said i think of evil and then there's two different things mm -hmm. um and there's just like that happens three different times in that poem mm -hmm. and what comes after what and what is said in between it's just like it gets so mixed up it's so difficult to remember that part so is it edgar Allan poe as himself like is he the way i think of it as is it is it is him because he dealt with his own tragedy mm. i don't remember if it is actual lenore or mm -hmm. if it, lenore is the name of a woman um that he just represented mm -hmm. but he did deal with loss and that did lead to the power of the raven itself but the, th the thing i really like about this poem not just the recitations that i've heard from christopher lee or other you know popular versions of it but it has such a it's like a manic spiral down and for relatively a short piece like you know it's not a book for a relatively short piece of literature you feel the spiral mm -hmm. you're you're starting off in this state of sleep and loneliness or maybe just longing for 
fulfillment that this bird could potentially give, but it turns to be this curse in some ways and this constant reminder of either loss or whatever you want it to be. Because the bird never explicitly says like anything other than Lenore mm-hmm. or uh, Nevermore. But, you know, the, the character, maybe Edgar Allan Poe, associates his loss with this bird and this bird is like a representation of it and he just it drives him mad basically mm-hmm. it's like he's looking for some sort of answer and he's dealing with mm-hmm. his own demons and he can't figure right. out yes I, my favorite line um, or my second favorite line is tell the soul with sorrow laden if within the distant Aiden he shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore He's like, he's asking the raven in, in full confidence that he is a messenger from heaven and God, that the raven will be able to tell him that even though he's not with Lenore now, someday he will be. Mm-hmm. And the raven can only say nevermore. Whether that represents a no mm-hmm. is up to you, or in this case, you know, whoever you would want it to be. But it just makes me you know, half excited to get to that part again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. What is, like, your main takeaway from this poem? The main takeaway is, you know, finding meaning is is so different for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And to get into the state of mind where you are so desperate for any sign from God or the heavens or, you know, anything Mm -hmm. and then it it, you make of it what it is right Mm -hmm. you we could be hoping for a sign that says turn left here to find happiness and so often that isn't going to be the case Mm -hmm. and even more so if we're looking for bad omens we will find them right so i i guess i suppose you know you can make you make of it what you will but he, he was in a bad spot to start with that caused him to believe an omen or a sign was bad versus mm-hmm. having a proper mindset could have, I mean, I don't know, who knows, right? Maybe he's yeah. not awake at midnight on a dreary evening. He's looking for something that he's, he's ultimately expecting doom and drear. And right. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could summarize it as external fact. A, a desire for an external factor or sign to mm. determine the outcome of your life versus the internal conflicts that we have already can predetermine that outcome anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being a guest on my podcast. <laughs> thank you. I hope uh, all everyone enjoyed it as, as much as I enjoyed reciting it. And I'm sure it. they will. <laughs> I feel like this is a nice episode just for like, like other people who are driving, they can listen to it in their car. Yeah, and I highly recommend looking up the Christopher Lee version of it because I do not do the poem justice. Christopher Lee, you know, R.I.P., he will deliver that poem probably as good as anyone can deliver that yeah. poem. You have Spotify, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now you're going to have to actually listen to my podcast because. Brendan oh has never listened to a single episode, so now he at least has to well, listen to I this one. Well, I only just found out you were doing a podcast, so... Well, 
I guess I don't advertise it to True. most people. Well. <sighs> Perfect. We are going to go watch Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> uh.